past. Um, the Spirit of God was talking to you. Well, he was talking to me, but he was talking to all of us, and he was talking to you. And I don't know what he was talking to you about, but you know what he was talking to you about. And you had, you had an encounter with the presence of God just now in which you heard some things where he, God connected some dots for you. I don't, like I said, I don't know what they are, but I know that God connected some dots for you. God spoke into a need you have in your heart. And on one hand, you got encouraged, like, oh, this, is, this feels so good. On the other hand, the enemy's coming in there. You know the parable of the sower, where it says that the sower was out there sowing seed, and right along behind it, psh, birds came in and just scooped it up. So God sowed some hope heat seeds in your heart just now. And the devils came in just right behind it and said, no, that's not for you. No, you're making too much out of this. No, you're getting carried away. No, this is just emotionalism. No, this is, you don't have any idea. You're not God. You can't hear from God. So don't get your hopes up. Um, the Lord would say to you, just remember this day. February the 3rd, 2019. Just remember this day. You don't have to go out. You don't have to change anything. Unless God made some suggestions. You just have to remember the promise that God made to you today. And then you just have to let him finish. God will do whatever he wants to do. This whole ex exercise we went through just now as God was just sharing his heart with us was not necessarily so that you could say, oh, well, I get it all now. Now I know what to do. Now I can go out and I can fix everything wrong this was God telling you you're not alone you're not forgotten you are not abandoned and he will not stop working in your life the encouragement here is that God is still working in your life and a God is still working in your life do you believe that okay and you're very happy to keep letting him work in your life, right? Okay, that's it. That's all there is. Thank you, Jesus, for the promises that you've made. Thank you, Jesus, that, you ha that I am not alone. Thank you, God, that you're still working in my life. Thank you, God, for fulfilling the promises that you've made for me. That's what this is about. Is God taking a burden off of you, bringing in some light to drive out darkness, so that you could just see clearly that you're not alone. And you just trust him and know that he hasn't forgotten you and that he's not finished yet and that he's still working. And that uh, I didn't hear anything in there that said God, where God said, if you would just start trying harder, things would be better. I just heard God saying, I'm still working and you are not alone. There, there are breakthroughs coming. There are breakthroughs that are already happening. You're just afraid to believe them. You're afraid to recognize them. 
you still think that there are other shoes out there in the process of dropping. But God says, even if there are more shoes dropping, you're not alone. Don't freak out. God's not finished. Okay? Right? We all good with that? All right. Thank you, Jesus. What's this a picture of? Of people. Yes. These are refugees. These are Guatemalan, Honduran refugees. And they seem to be standing next to what? Yeah, some kind of a wall. Um, Dave's... I don't know that we can actually believe that any of the reports about the the Central American migration are 100% accurate because they're all being spun politically by people who have agendas. Are there refugees in, in Mexico? Yes, there are. How many of them are there? How long did it take for them to get there? Who are they working for? Um, what, is, what are their own individual stories? This is not a sermon about refugees. Don't read anything political into any of this. But... <clears throat> Because there are all sorts of refugees and they're all in this big migration for different reasons. Are there some terrorists? Maybe so. Are there some drug dealers? Almost certainly. Are there some people who are just trying to find a better life for their family? Undoubtedly. Uh, And they're all being detained at the border and, and there's supposedly another wave coming and I don't know if that'll ever stop, but um, I just want you to see. I could have, I could have pulled out any number of pictures, including pictures that had like thousands of people just sweeping across the countryside. I like this picture better because you can see people's faces. You can see their faces, and you can see um, the expressions on their faces, and you can see that they're they are real people. Uh, and we should never forget that. But anyhow, this is not really a sermon about this crisis, if you want to call it a crisis. The sermon is not about this event. But I'm using this picture um, to set up something I'm going to tell you later. Uh, but you can just imagine for a second if you were a person standing in this line. That's all. And you've come from Honduras or Guatemala. Uh, and you went through whatever you've gone through to get here, whatever that was, and now you're standing in this line. Just imagine that you're one of these people. That's, we're, that's, that's all this is about for now. Um, because we're still in the book of Acts. Um, and there you go. And I will always remind you, in, in our entire study of the book of Acts, this is the most important thing to remember the Holy Spirit just wants you to trust Him and tell your story. The Holy Spirit just wants you to trust Him and talk about what God has been doing in your life. The Holy Spirit, He doesn't necessarily want you to be on a street corner passing out tracts. He just wants you to be a person. Raise your hand in this room today if you're a person. Okay. Good, good, good. Everybody but Rosie is a person. Um, <coughs> And thank you, Rosie. 
And if you're a person and you've had any kind of encounter with Jesus, then you have a story to tell. Um, and the Lord just wants you to be willing to tell your story. He will give you opportunities to tell your story. When you do, the Holy Spirit will take over. It's not your responsibility to be a great evangelist. It's just your responsibility to be a person who tells their story of your experience with what God is doing in your life. But when you're willing to just open your mouth, the Holy Spirit takes over, and sometimes incredible, amazing things happen instantly. Sometimes the incredible, amazing things, it takes a little while longer, but you get the ball rolling right here. The Holy Spirit takes over. That's the, that's the important point. God takes your little bit of obedience and your little story, and he magnifies it into something that can be high impact in somebody's life. And we miss it all the time because we're afraid that what we have won't work, they won't like it, or it's not impressive, or they're not, you're not Billy Graham, and so why would anybody want to listen to you? But you, you just tell your story. The Holy Spirit does the rest. The power of God. The, the book of Acts is really a, a record of all of the things that the Holy Spirit did in the lives of people who had no clue about what they were doing. Completely clueless. We could, we could ha instead of calling it the book of Acts, we could have called it clueless. <laughs> Except, and that already movie, is that a movie title that's already been taken? You know, because, uh, so... <laughs> So they call it the book of Acts of the, Apostles, uh, the Acts of the Apostles. But it could just be clueless. These people uh, didn't have any idea what they were doing, but they had a promise. They had this promise. Be obedient, the Holy Spirit will do the rest. And the book of Acts is just a story of how they learned to trust the power of God and, uh, and the Holy Spirit to do things that they didn't know how to do. All right? So don't forget about that ever. Uh, so, and the apostles have they've taken off from Syria and, and they've been to Cyprus and now they're up here in the middle of what's now Turkey. They're at this place called Antioch. It's actually called Antioch Pisidia. Or, or, or the city called Antioch that's in the state of Pis Pisidia as opposed to the city of, called Antioch that's in the state of Syria. Um, stuff that you won't remember and it's not really that important anyhow. But anyhow, they're right here in the middle of the map. And they've been preaching in Antioch They've been preaching to, they went first to the, to the synagogue. It was Paul's habit to always go to the synagogue first and preach to the Jews. And there were, there were people who also went to the synagogue or stood outside who weren't Jewish, who had never converted to Judas. They were, they were Gentiles. They were Romans or Greeks uh, who liked what they heard about the Hebrew God. Um, but they, for various reasons, they didn't feel comfortable converting to Judaism. But they, they liked the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. They, they liked the notion of Jewish culture, not just because of the songs they sang or the food that they ate, but, but the, the moral and spiritual and ethical revelations that come from serving one true God who is at work in all the world. Um, so they were they preached in the synagogue, and uh, they got some traction. A lot of the Jews uh, liked what they heard, and a lot of the Gentiles, what they were, what were called God-fearers, they liked what they heard too, and they were getting excited about it. And this is one of the, the main things that they uh, they proclaimed. Uh, 
Therefore, let it be known to you, this, is, this was in the synagogue the first time they preached, that through Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Which is How many think being forgiven of your sins is really cool? Right? Is it, are you happy to know that your sins have been forgiven? That your sins were forgiven before you were even born? Before, the, before your forefathers and their forefathers and their forefathers, before any of those people were born, your sins were already forgiven because that's how much God loves you. And through Him... Forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you right now. The forgiveness comes through Jesus. But wait, they also said this, which I want to remind you. uh, And through him, everyone who believes, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ right now, just raise your hand, all right? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ right now, here's good news. Through him, everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. You are being freed. You have been freed even right now, from stuff that you've been trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying for years to, and to get fixed in your life, God says, Psh, doesn't have anything to do with how hard you try, even though you need to cooperate with the Spirit of God as He starts working in your life, but it's not up to you to fix it. It's up to you to cooperate with what Jesus is doing to fix it. And all sorts of things that you thought were broken or lost or ruined or that will never get any better, things that you've been ashamed of for years and couldn't get free of, things that you've been worried about for years uh, couldn't get uh, a handle on. God says, stuff that you could never conquer by trying harder and living better, doing a better job of keeping rules, through Jesus, you are freed from those things. Do you believe in Jesus? You are freed from those things. Do you believe in Jesus? He is in the process right now of freeing you and healing you and delivering you and changing you. It's a process, but you are on your way to becoming free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, free at last. All right? That comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from the law of Moses. That comes from Jesus. And people loved that. They were just completely stoked by it. They were so excited. They wanted him to come back. Come back next Sunday and tell us more about this. So uh, they were begging him. uh, Paul, can you come to my house on Tuesday? I can't wait until next Saturday. I can't wait for the Sabbath. Can you come? We need to hear more of this. We like it. We love it. We want some more of it. Can you just keep telling? We want to hear more about this. This is the most exciting thing we've ever heard of. And so Paul says, look, I've got a lot of TV appearances to make and I've got to do my laundry. So just let me tell you this one thing. Until the next time we get together, here's your one instruction. Never fail. Your one instruction is this. Just continue in the grace of God. Turn around, look at somebody right now. Look them right in the eyes and say, I want you to continue in the grace of God. Continue in the grace of God. Continue in the grace of God. Continue. Continue in the grace of God. Why would he tell them that? Why would he just say, look, I mean, here's, this, is pretty, this is pretty simple. This is, this, is, this is easier than you think. Just continue, just continue in the grace of God. What does that mean to you? 
Just, okay, so when I, when, I tell, when I say continue in the grace of God, what does that mean to you? Right now, it may be different for, but for, for everybody here, but when, when you hear the words continue in the grace of God, what does that say to your heart? Anybody? Just keep on going, keep on keeping on, keep on trusting Him. Yeah. God's got it. Not Gene Hall. Gene Hall doesn't got it. Let's all say that together. Gene Hall doesn't got it. All right. All right. Um, um, anybody else? Anna. To be thankful. To be thankful for him. To fo- a thankful heart. I, said, I, I, read this, I read a quote just yesterday. I'm not, I'm not going to get it right, but I'm going to try. Uh, that thankfulness is the key to turning fear into abundance. A a heart that's thankful towards the Lord is the key to releasing you from fear and opening the door to His abundant blessings in your life. Okay, so, uh, but let me just ask you this question. Uh, What other options are there? Paul said, okay, continue. Y'all, you're going to be fine, but especially between now and next Sabbath... If y'all will just continue in the grace of God. All right. What other options are there? Because apparently there were other options. So if you weren't going to continue in the grace of God, what are some other options that you could continue? What are some other options in which you could continue? What? Continue in restlessness. Uh, continue to go to hell. All right, that's right. Uh, continue in just obedience. Okay. Con- what are some other options? Yeah. Yeah. Continue in fear. Con- consider continue to do better. Try try harder. Uh, yeah. Continue in religious practice. Just keeping the rules and hoping that that's enough. Uh, anybody else? Continue to worry. Um, continue to despair. Um, y'all are really good at this. Keep on. Most of the let the record show that John Alexander has ruled that most of the other options are bad <laughs> and they don't work. And uh, continue in doubt and fear. Continue in, in bitterness. Continue in hopelessness. Continue um, the do better, try harder. Continue the, the religious uh, efforts. Those are all, um, on our best days, most people would say, just, I'm just going to do it better next time. I'm going to try harder next time. I'm going to get it right next time. I'm just going to keep on, uh, I mean, yeah. Paul said, just continue in grace. God's riches at my at God's riches at Christ's expense. Continue in the power and the love uh, and the promises. Continue to trust the power and the love and the promises that God has told you. Continue to rest in His faithfulness. Continue to rest in the knowledge and the assurance that your sins have forgiven. They will never not be for- forgiven. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've accepted His offer. Uh, of eternal life, then you, you are 
um, that you will always be safe. You will always be loved. You will never be rejected. He will never fail. He will always be faithful to you. And you can rest in that. It took a long time, Lord. But finally I see. It's not... It's, it's always all about you. It's never been about me. I'm done with conniving and striving to make myself into something. Striving to be... Because I, now I know that I don't know what only you see. I have finally surrendered to you. Continue in grace. Continue in grace. Continue. Now, you don't have to blurt this out loud. I just want to ask you this one other thing. What is it that you usually continue in? It's the main thing that you usually find yourself continuing in when it's not grace. Just make a note. You, you, don't, ha- you don't have to blurt it out unless you'd like to. Stubbornness. Continue in stubbornness. Well, continue in hope is actually uh, a, a, cogniz- a cognate of grace. If you're continuing in hope, that's good. Um, continue in fear. Most people continue in fear. Fear, worry, and that causes them to try to do better in and hope, hope that they'll try harder and it'll make things better. <clears throat> uh, but continue in grace. Continue in the grace of God. Continue in the grace of God. Which does mean at some point you have to say, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. I'm going to set aside my rebellion. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to set aside my, my demands for you to explain yourself. God, you come down here right now and you explain yourself. That... How often have you seen in Scripture where that happens? Where God... Was in Mary Poppins... What's the, what's the line from Mary Poppins? It's, uh, he says, Mary Poppins, come down here, explain yourself. And, but, and she says... That, there's something about the way she gives this line. Uh, and one more thing. I never explain anything. God has already explained a bunch of stuff. And you can read it anytime you want to. God has a book. John Gene Hall has a book of what? You have a, Gene Hall does not live by his opinions because he already has a book of God's opinions. Yes, sir. A book of God's opinions. God's already explained himself pretty well. It's just that we don't like some of the explanations, so we try to find our own. All right, this is important. Okay. Um, once upon a time, it used to be when I punched this button. Okay. All right, so then we've already gone over this. Uh, the, the next week, the Jews were ready for him, and they started pushing back, and they started blaspheming, and they started interrupting Paul and Barnabas. Uh, and so then Paul and Barnabas said, fine, fine, fine. Uh, it was necessary that we come and preach the word of God to you Jews First, but since you are pushing back and you're rejecting it and actually judging yourselves to be unworthy of eternal life, uh, so we're just, we are going to, we're going to stop talking to you and we're going to turn to the Gentiles. The Jews were afraid of grace. Uh, the Jews were, I love this term, so I, I left this slide in this week because I just like saying this phrase, lifelong law livers. Life, let's all say that together. Lifelong law livers. 
and with onions. <laughs> Lifelong livers with onions. Uh, let's see if we get, uh, see how fast we can, see how fast you can say that five times. Lifelong long livers, lifelong long livers, lifelong long livers, lifelong long livers, lifelong long. Okay, uh, the Jews were lifelong long livers, and we were born into a culture that tries to suck us into the same thing, to be lifelong law livers. And whenever somebody says, no, it's not about you living right and getting it all right, it's about you continuing in grace because Jesus has already covered that for you. Uh, it scares us um, because, oh, I don't want to belabor that, but they didn't want to hear these words of eternal life coming from Jesus and grace. They felt like they were they're, they were only safe if they were, had a little checkbox. I did that right today. 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 I didn't do this one right, but he deserved it. And do that one. Maybe I'll do better tomorrow. I did that right. We just check it. Most of us live a checkbox life. Uh, and how many of you know, be honest, how many of you know you can never check off enough right boxes? You, can get a, you may get a few of them. Maybe you got more right today than yesterday. You may not get any of them right tomorrow. Lifelong law livers have deluded themselves into thinking that if they just check off the right boxes, that's somehow going to satisfy God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the delusion, and the main delusion is, if, you have, if you're thinking that way, that it's all about checking boxes, you already missed the most important box. You didn't check it right. Uh, you're, you're in big trouble already. Okay, so Jesus is taking care of that. So now here we go. This is, the, this is where the walls came a-tumbling down. The last, next little piece of the story for today. So we picked the, we picked the conversation back up, and this is Acts chapter 13, verse 40-ish. 46-ish. It was necessary, Paul says, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you, but since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. We are turning. This is a major shift in the history of the church. Boom. Of course, now he, he's going to repeat this theme several times as he goes to different cities. But boom, major shift. We came to the Jews first because you are God's chosen people. But you rejected us. You blasphemed. You drove us out. So we are turning to the Gentiles. For the Lord has commanded us. And then here's a command that comes from Isaiah 49. I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles. That you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. In other words, Paul's trying to say, look, there is biblical precedent for this. Y'all remember, all of you, all you lifelong law livers out there, you've read the book of Isaiah, right? You, you know, in a, over in chapter 49, it says, you're supposed to be a light to the Gentiles. So, you're not doing that job. We're taking it over. We are obeying Isaiah 49, and boom, we are going to bring light to the Gentiles. We're not going to talk to you anymore. We are tired of talking to a stump. We're going to go find some Gentiles. We're going to talk to them. That's right, he dropped the mic. Boom, and he walked off the stage. I would in like, it'd be like me dropping this phone right now. Uh, boom, and walking off the stage. Mike's not even paying attention. So when the Gentiles heard this, look at this. Oh, I love this. When the Gentiles heard this, 
they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout the whole region. But um, when the Gentiles heard this, when the Gentiles heard, we are turning to the Gentiles. We have been placed as a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the end of the earth, which is where they are. The Gentiles heard this, and they were like, bless God. Right on. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's music to my ears. That? You like that? Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. Preach it. Come on, preach it. No. No. Let's look at this again. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of God by doing what? It's like, all right, I'm amazed. And, and, and there just people were just shouting and screaming and, and like revival just broke out in the whole, all around the synagogue. And people were just shouting and they were dancing. They were high-fiving. They were just... Oh. I think I think I just blew up back there and All right, they were in, they were completely enjoying this experience. They cuz in that moment they were finally free. They knew they were finally free. Up until that moment, they had been going to the synagogue. They weren't going to... The the Gentiles knew enough to know that they did not want to become lifelong law livers. They had done the Roman and the Greek version of that. It was silly. And they saw in the Jewish synagogue that the lifelong law livers were, were missing the point. They were missing what it meant to be loved by God, and they were just they were just tying themselves up in knots, trying to make God happy with them, and uh, and they didn't want that either. They wanted this relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because He loved the whole world, and they knew it was about love, but they just had their noses pressed against the glass. They felt shut out. They felt trapped. They wanted to have a relationship with God, but they felt like they weren't worthy because they wouldn't start living all the Jewish laws, which were crazy talk, and, and getting circumcised and, not, and eating certain foods and not eating other signs, doing these don'ts and not doing these don'ts. And, and it was just all too complicated. They just wanted to have a relationship with God, and they felt like that would never happen. They felt like, as a matter of fact, they felt like this. They felt like these people. Fenced out on the wrong side of the wall. Desperately wishing they could enjoy the blessings of what were on the other side. but no way to get in. Well, a way to get in that seemed almost as er- seemed onerous and impossible. Not, I don't want to turn this into politics. 
Um, but let's assume just, and, I'm, and I'm, this is not a political proposition. I'm not trying to, cre to create government policy here. I just want you to be in, in the position of one of these people. Put yourself in one of these positions. You've come from how, how far you've come. And you've come from wherever it was that you were, which was so horrible that you would be willing to walk 1,500 or 3,000 miles or hitchhike or ride a bus or do whatever you, to try to get to this wall knowing that the chances of you getting over it weren't that good, getting through it weren't that good. But... Uh, you know the number one strategy for these people when they get to this when they get to this when they get to the border you know what their their strategy is most of the time somehow break through and then get arrested on the other side yeah um, it i mean I'm not trying to defend these people uh, because it's a big mess uh, and I'm not sure that there's anybody completely right about on on either side of this. But this, I'm thinking about these people now. What if this would be a complete fairy tale, but uh, what if the United States government just announced we're going to have an open border policy. Open border policy, incidentally, from a political point of view, terrible idea. It's an awful idea. I'm not proposing that. But if you were one of these people standing here, and in that moment, they just opened all the gates, said, welcome to the United States. What, what would these people feel in their hearts? They would be rejoicing and jumping down and feeling like they had won the lottery. Um, and to see that barrier to all their dreams completely dissolve in an instant, they would be ecstatic. may not be the best thing for the country. I'm not suggesting it. But for this, for this lady right here holding this baby... To hear that the gates were open, that somebody had canceled out all the barriers that were keeping her from coming in, and they were now saying, come in, bring your child, and come in to this place. Can you imagine the, the level of incredulous joy and celebrating that would be going on in her heart, in her family. Assuming that this guy's maybe next to her is her husband, you don't know. Uh, but that kind of celebration. That's the only thing that I can compare what the Gentiles were feeling when Paul said, we're not going to talk to the Jews anymore. We, we, they had their chance. They can come if they want to. But our effort is going to be now to focus on the Gentiles. Gentiles, you Gentiles out there, the gates to the kingdom of God are wide open for you. You've hoped 
and hungered to have a relationship with God. You didn't want to be a lifelong law liver. You didn't want to get circumcised. You didn't want to keep all the, the, the do better, try harder rules. Gentiles, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sins. There is no more wall. The barrier between you and God has been torn apart. Please come in. Open the door of your heart and invite Jesus to come in. Receive everything that he is offering to you that you couldn't get. Here's the good news. Hey, Gentile people, here's the good news. Even if you had, I'm not talking about you're being invited to come into the synagogue and take on and do all the do better, try harder stuff. I'm telling you, you don't have to do that part anymore. Jesus loves you so much, he eliminated that step. You can just come right into the throne room of God through faith in Jesus Christ and be hugged by him and be protected by him and be loved by him and be cared for by him. It's your open invitation. The Gentiles uh, are now not just equal to Jews. The Gentiles have moved on to a stage in relationship with God that the Jews didn't want to... They've gone further, further than... The Gentiles are now invited to come to places where the, some Jews didn't want to go. Top shelf, top step. Brothers and sisters, adopted brothers and sisters of the firstborn of all creation. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Everything that you prayed and hoped for and suffered for is now yours. Welcome to the family. That's all I'm saying. The Gentiles in that moment were ecstatic because the wall that had separated them from having a relationship with the one true God was obliterated. Not just that there was a little door open somewhere. The wall was obliterated. And they stepped from being nobodies. Because, you know, the Jews... um, Most of the time, the Jews wouldn't even let them inside. They had to listen out the window. Jews weren't supposed to fellowship with Gentiles. They weren't supposed to eat with them. They were were always supposed to be... Gentiles were considered to be unclean. Uh, So... Now, enter into the family of God. Firstborn of all creation is now your older brother. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. I don't know what kind of things. Maybe you know somebody who... has been struggling with that wall. Maybe sometimes you, you imagine that wall is still there and you feel like you, you've been blocked from having the kind of relationship that you wish you could have with God, but the, 
but you've been stuck in the lifelong law liver lane. That's too many L's. Lifelong law liver lane. Uh, I'm just, so here's the good news for you and to the people that you know. Um, the wall is gone. The, the veil in the temple has been between the Holy of Holies and the outer court has been torn in half. Everybody has been invited to come in. The wall is gone. You just have to come. And I'm, you know, I'm just thinking, if you were one of these people and those gates were opened, y'all come on in. A few people would hesitate. Like, maybe this is some kind of trick. They're just going to open this gate and then when we get out on the other side, they're just going to shoot us or something. But most people, convinced that it was true, would probably trample each other going in. They tried to get in there as fast as they could. Uh, and then inside, they'd be pinching themselves. We never thought this would happen. But now it's done. The gates of heaven are open wide. You can let go of being a lifelong law liver. And you can step into what God has already prepared for you, already promised you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me into your family. Let's pray. Lord God, it is our fault that we keep getting tricked into not believing the gospel, believing a fake, cheap facsimile of the gospel that involves Jesus, but it also involves lifelong law living and feeling like a failure and hoping to do better next time and hoping that will make you happier with us. Lord Jesus, please forgive us for the fact that very often, most of the time, every day, we believe something else instead of the gospel. But thank you, Jesus, that you never slam the gate in our face. Thank you, Jesus, that you have removed the wall. Thank you, Jesus, that the veil has been torn in half. Thank you, Jesus, for calling us home as a part of your family and giving us the grace to continue in grace from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen.